Hello, and welcome to CAA Podcast. Today, I'm with the Maidens to discuss the evolution of their collaboration. Denise Burge makes paintings, quilts, and video installations with various collaborators, including the Maidens. She is an instructor of drawing and animation at the University of Cincinnati. Jenny Eustick is an international muralist and also makes drawings, paintings, and mixed-media work in addition to her collaborative multimedia work with the Maidens. She is Interim Director of the Masters of Fine Arts Program, Foundations Coordinator, and Instructor of Drawing at the University of Cincinnati. Lisa Siders lives on Widley Island, Washington, where she makes fiber and installation art. She is also a part-time chef at the Women's Writing Residency Center in Hedgebrook. Welcome, Maidens. Hi, Maidens. Hi. <laughs> I think the biggest question that people have a lot, and I think as a late um, joiner to the Maidens, was to hear the explanation of the name itself, Maidens of the Cosmic Body Running. Do the two of you want to take that? I think it all started well. I remember, Lisa, how... It came together. I don't know if you do, but we were hitting balls. Yes, we were hitting balls. <laughs> yeah. And I've done a sketch um, of a of a star shaped figure running, and I had made this little caption: "The cosmic body running." And then um, you added the word maidens because I'm not sure what you were thinking about, but something about the word maiden had entered your mind and it just felt like it flowed. Is that what you remember, Lisa? Well, we were trying to come up with a name and um, I think I had thrown out the maidens of, I don't know, brainstorming different things that went with that. And then you told me about that little drawing you made. Right. Cosmic body running and it just seemed to fit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the mystery of it is, is fun for us. We like the fact that you don't know, we don't even know really what it yeah. means. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then it all, but even before the maidens came along, there was a project that I got a grant to do as a university faculty member. I was able to apply for a, a project grant. I'd been dabbling in animation. So I got this, this grant to do an animation project. I had spelled out this very long, like a 30 minute project or something like that, 25, 30 minute project. And then I got the grant and I went, oh no, now I have to make a 30 minute animation. <laughs> and I started thinking about like, how can I handle this? How can I tackle this? And somehow the thought came to me in talking with a friend that why don't I break it up into smaller pieces instead of one big long 30-minute animation, make it like five five-minute animations. And that made me immediately think about music videos and the possibility of working with a different person with project. So um, definitely Lisa and Jenny were the first two people I thought of to work with. And... Um, I, I quickly found three other women in my creative orbit that I resonated with, that you know, identified with on some level. Everybody was just like, oh, hell yeah. And um, we felt like we were in a female band. It was because we wrote the songs for the music videos. And Jenny's brother did instrumentation on some of them. I hired other musicians to do 
instrumentation. Some of it I did, and uh, we wrote lyrics together, you know, each collaborator. And each one felt completely different. Like we had a different approach to animation for each one. But um, that kind of started it, right? What I, well, what I remember about the dozens too is. Um, and that's, it was called the dozens. It yeah. was called the dozens. And there's a, a reason for that. I think because there were six of us total working on this collaboration with you, Denise. And uh, between us, we each had a dozen of a bunch of different things. You pick it, pick the body part, and we got dozens of them. Right? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so not, nothing too mysterious there, but um, how we arrived at the dozens, I think, is a, is a fun memory, too. But what I love the most is how each video and each collaboration or collaborator was, uh, the, the collaborator was chosen because it brought out a facet of your personality, too. So, it, again, it, uh, everything was in orbit around you. And each person you chose to work with on a music video was some way that you, something you identified in yourself um, and wanted to highlight that. So for me, it was this kind of like masculine kind of uh, pleasantly aggressive energy that, you know, that's heavy metal affinity and things like that. So that would be that side of your personality, anthem rock, that, that would encapsulate um, what we did and then what you did with Lisa was something very different and almost unrecognizable. But if anyone knows you, Denise, um, they're going to know that those parts of your personality are work really well together. So describe yeah. the one you did with Lisa. Well, Lisa, you describe. Yeah. It was in your you house. Chopping up a little bit. Yeah. So um, our video together was very witchy. Um, I think uh, we were inspired somewhat by all the dyeing that I was doing of, of yarn and fiber. And, oh, I worked with a lot of natural dyes, so it had to do somewhat with gardening and just um, domesticity and earthiness. Bones, death, life cycle, sexuality. Jenny and Lisa, were were you guys in the same graduate class? And yeah. I worked yeah. with each of you. So, yeah, I had worked with both Jenny and Lisa as students in the MFA program. So we connected, I connected with Jenny because of the dark humor in her work. And I connected with Lisa because of all the sort of, I just remember discussing, you know, um, stirring a dye pot in your driveway. That was like a really powerful image to me. And, um, you know, we both had a history with fibers because I've done quilt making a lot. And we just connected on that other level of sort of talking about magic and the use of materials in ways that are very, like you said, very earthy and uh, mysterious. And so um, when we finished the dozens project, which there were three other videos that were all each completely different. And I, it's funny that Jenny, that you say it was like a portrait of me. Cause I also felt like it was a portrait of each of you guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, and there is something amazing about collaboration that we discovered, or I discovered that when you're working with somebody else, it's like you have way more balls to do things that you would never be able <laughs> yeah, to do on your own. <laughs> I'll oh, yeah. show Denise animation to my animation class. And we're, you know, like fairly clothed 
riding, you know, um, missiles. 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 (laughs) And they're all like, what? (laughs) That's my teacher up there doing that. (laughs) But they love it, you know. um, But I would have never, ever done anything like that solo. And with Lisa, you know, exploring that kind of subject matter was not something I felt prepared to do. And I felt like I could delve into Lisa's world. You know, we worked at Lisa's house and worked with materials like salt on bones, you know, things that I didn't even work with, but that I really was drawn to about Lisa. And so that ability to kind of explore that person through a collaboration was really great. Yeah. So then when we, uh, well, okay, the two of you started doing the work on the Maidens, uh, it had a very specific aesthetic that was not unlike the driveway animation from the dozens. So it was an outgrowth of that because it gave the two of you so many ideas uh, for future work and to really um, dig into some of the images that you had generated from the from that video yeah the early work um had um some to do with like the maiden mother crone the three parts of being a woman and that's where i think i came up with the word maidens and the title is is what it means to be a woman and was exploring that and and in all its witchiness that hecate (laughs) the figure hecate that is sort of three parts you know we both Lisa and I, you know, I remember one day we went on a little uh, kind of a, we rented a cabin to do brainstorming about what we might do together. And I remember waking up and you said, oh, I've been up for a few hours. I've been looking through the dictionary because <laughs> you're a re- you love to do research. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> sit there with a dictionary and just follow threads of uh, metaphor and symbolism, you know, and um, I'm not sure who found the Hecate symbol, but we both really responded to it. And um, we both knew that we liked this kind of feeling in a work, but we didn't know what it was about. So we just kind of explored it together, I think, you know. So Lisa and I started going into the woods and I had, how did we get that old dress? We had an old witch's, like, oh, witches. that was something I found at the thrift store. It was amazing. It was over 100 years old. Um, silk. It was, yeah, it was from the late 1800s, and it fit you. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I made a... Um, a big veil with a chant in it. Um, it said things like, you know, I'm vivid and veiled in this feeling of nature. I celebrate gloom in this feeling of nature. I can't remember the other ones, but, <laughs> and I cut these words into this giant circle of felt to make a kind of a net. And um, we just went in the woods and started, we took a bunch of stuff into the woods and just started improvising really with mirrors and with dancing around with this net and um I can't we were just like figuring it out as we went you know just not even knowing what our work was about but trying to just make something and see what it talked to us about so you know um, you know my favorite uh, memory of seeing that early work is 
is realizing that um, as serious and dark and and witchy as the work appeared, um, that you were from the get-go very interested in these kind of surprising and humorous juxtapositions. Like, so you would be dancing in the woods and have a mirror and be appear to be involved in some kind of ritual, but then Donna Summer disco music like pumping in the background. Um, I feel love. Just watching you kind of writhe around in this Victorian dress, um, dancing to disco was. I I, I just wanted in. It was just yeah. <laughs> like so much fun. <laughs> well, I love that they had this primal female um, mythic quality to it. You know, that seemed eternal to me. Like it wasn't necessarily in the past or the present. But or the future. It was kind of all three of those things. Yes. And my favorite part too was that um, I was wearing tennis shoes, which yeah. were very simple. <laughs> so but it, it was hilarious. It made it artificial, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. It brought it into this theatrical thing. But now I remember calling you, Lisa, on the phone and saying, Hey, can we use this Donna Summer song? And you were like, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah. it just shot it, it to the next level. It gave yeah. it that, yeah, it gave it that humor and that sexiness that that we wanted in the work. So, because we weren't really trying to be witches, we were just interested in the the feeling of it. Yeah, exactly. I um, also want to, and this goes into the the later maidens' work is how we treated the forest as a theater. I think. Yeah. You know, yes, as a theatrical space, and that was also in driveway to a certain extent. Also, the dozens video that we did, yeah, and that that's that carried, a totally thread that's carried through everything, right? Right, um, the forest and the um, ecstatic nature of what we were after. We were interested in um, making the viewer feel ecstatic, <clears throat> you know, having a sort of a hypnotic quality brought forth through the making of the videos and whatever else we would put in the installation was to provoke an effect of uh, the narcotic, the sensual, the, um, the hypnotic. And um, that's where we, we took that to the next level with the, when Jenny joined the group. So so yeah, Lisa and I did a few shows, like we did variations on the, like we would do videos and then we would make what we called remixes of the videos. And we showed in a few different galleries between like 2006 and 10, you know, we did a few different shows in Cincinnati and Michigan. And then we got, I got invited to show at the Contemporary Arts Center in Cincinnati. So instead of doing a solo show, I really wanted it to be a maiden show. And that's when we invited Jenny to join us, um, which was great. Um, and Jenny brought all her own special flavor of humor. And we went, we, we started realizing like that the forest was a subject and that cinema was also a subject, like the, the hypnotic aspect of viewing something through a camera. So um, the camera became really important as 
when we do presentations on our work now, um, one of the first things we say is that um, the maidens are characters. They're not us. They're characters that we created. And these characters have decided that they need more romance in their life. <laughs> and, you know, who doesn't, right? <laughs> um, but we, the maidens decided that the way to get romance was to gaze at things through a camera because the camera would distance them from the thing that they're looking at and what makes you feel more romantic than when you're far away from the thing that you love right. and you're just gazing at it through a camera. So that was really the, the driving content behind everything that we did. But then there's so much else that went in like Jenny's content, uh, costume development ideas and Lisa's fiber ideas. And so, and how, how do we activate, um, or sort of engage with the, the persona that we were assuming, and there are three of us. So we, you know, how can we think about this as from a three-sided, uh, vantage point and, Going back to the idea of video uh, being this this really important component, the most important component, um, and the properties of refracted light, uh, red, green, and blue, making up this visible light that uh, exists in that video format. And um, so we each chose one of the one of the three colors um, as our assigned color. Um, and together, we would make these things that were not just visible, but ecstatic and um, would have a, a sort of drug-like effect. So our red, green, and blue costuming um, became a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned three-sided. We started developing our own language, which was hilarious. <laughs> we would just be driving around Michigan and stuff would just come out of our mouths. Um, like, for instance, three-sided gaze was one phrase, but my favorite one was relaxion because <laughs> we were working in the studio one day and I had written the word relaxation down, um, but I, I accidentally misspelled it and it was spelled relaxion. And we were like, oh, well, that makes sense. The maidens would prefer the word relaxion because it's easier to say. It's one less syllable <laughs> than relaxation. And uh, what were some of the other ones? Extra self. When we look in the mirror, we in would the see mirror, self. The extra self. Oh my gosh! I would have to. I need a review. It's been. No, it's I been know. a minute. The dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> the maiden's dictionary. But we wrote. We even like. We're taking ideas. We started to think about if we're developing our own language, and if these maidens are characters that believe this stuff, then they must be their own little utopian community. And so we started looking at utopias and how they write would write manifestos or put forth systems of belief that were kind of weird, you know. Um, and, and also recruiting efforts, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was fun at that point because we were, you know, the maidens were these became these sort of idealistic figures that had a very strong belief system with a strong language and. Um, you know, we would develop steps that you would, we would take the viewer through for the CAC show. We made what we call relaxion stations. Um, so it was like 
leading the viewer through a spa from thing to thing. And we all love spas. <laughs> we've gone, <laughs> we've gone to Germany together and, um, to different Korean spas. And, you know, you go to all these different places and you have this physical experience. So for the CAC show, we made, uh, five relaxation stations. Um, you would start out the first one, you would start out standing, experiencing the video on your body. Somehow it would be projected onto your body. And then the second one, you would be sitting, gazing down into a pool of mirrored video, like Narcissus gazing down into the pool. And then the third one, you're kind of sitting, leaning back on something like these wedgy things we had built. By the end, you're laying flat. <laughs> so we're taking the viewer through these successive stages. And often it was the viewer that the audience saw instead of the video. Sometimes the viewer would block the video completely. Like the um, Relaxion 4 was one where the viewer would be, or, or 3, the viewer would be sitting against this tall pyramid and there would be a hole where the video came out through the pyramid and would shine onto the viewer's lower back when they were sitting on it. So you wouldn't actually see the video, but you would see this viewer being massaged by the video on their lumbar spine. <laughs> well, in the beginning of the CAC show, we had made all these felt slippers. So as you enter the gallery space, we asked you to take off your shoes and put these special slippers on and then go through this curtain of video. And then you go through the different stations. So it's kind of similar to this spa that we went to in Baden-Baden, Germany, that had all these stations where you would um, do a cold plunge and get scrubbed and, you know, <laughs> all very therapeutic. <laughs> Indulgent. <laughs> so out of that show, um, we got the attention of someone who was affiliated with uh, New Harmony, Indiana, and another invitation came out of that to to have the maidens um, just spend some time in New Harmony and considering um, what that town has to offer and the history that it holds. And to, we should um, say what that is. It's yeah. a utopian community. Did you I New Harmony? Slow down. <laughs> What's that? You just slowed way down. Whoa. It's a Keep that, Karen. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that, Karen, is that the soundtrack that was made for the show was all made from audio from the filming itself. Like if we would say something like, oh, that looks really good, or somebody would laugh. I would take that sound and make it into a beat and I would crunch it and, and scrunch it so that you didn't even know what was being said anymore. It was just like, but it was this idea of in a kind of a witchy way, sampling the artifacts of the filming itself mm -hmm. and making that part of it. So you would walk into this space and you would hear this like soft spa kind of, techno music like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and this sort of voice going ah you know <laughs> <laughs> so it was all 
like this sort of pervasive thing but it was funny too because it was just like us being goofy and then going we got to use that in something you know and i think we made some pretty badass tracks actually <laughs> <laughs> we should totally release those tracks yeah we should <laughs> yeah. it was fun so new harmony the utopian i'm gonna throw back to you lisa <laughs> What's you that? Talk about new, I talk about New Harmony. But... New Harmony, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. That was an old uh, utopian community from the 1800s. Um, let's see. Um, it's kept till this day. I don't know if I remember a whole lot about it. Let's see. Um, they built these houses. They also were celibate. Let's see. I, I know what it was. They well, believed they believed in Sophia, the well, second female half of God. Yeah, and that's, that's what got them thrown out of Germany. Is that they were Gnostic Christians, and they, you know, they worshipped Sophia, um, and the leader was arrested a couple times because of it, and so they came to America and ended up in New Harmony after a couple of different towns where they didn't fit in there either. You know. Um, yeah, but then we came up with an idea. Maybe one of you can talk about that. But that as the well, the maidens came up with an idea. Well, yes, we need to stipulate that. <laughs> so um, the experiment that they that they embarked upon failed um, in part because of the the celibacy and the frustration probably that came out of that and. As with any sort of, um, you know, strong leader of a of a utopian society, um, people would maybe refer to them as a cult. Um, you know, I think cracks start to appear in the fabric of, of what holds the society together because promises are made and then things kind of don't turn out the way that they were predicted to turn out. And then a decision had to be made when, uh, you know, the end times weren't coming as as promised. But they still had to support themselves. They were really successful, um, industrious, um, agriculturally rich, and sold goods actually all over the world. So they were very, they were wealthy and successful, and they interacted with societies in the region um, really closely. But all of these um, these tenets, all of these things that were supposed to be true and and forthcoming in terms of the uh, the end of the world and the payoff that they would all get because of that just wasn't coming to, to pass. And so Father George Rapp, um, who who wore this, well, we, I would call it a Phrygian cap now, a little red Smurf hat or the gnome hat, as we <laughs> nickname it. Um, he had a very distinctive look, that one. Um, nice but he decided to sell the town and move again. Um, just to sort of, in my opinion, to distract and be like, oh, no, actually, I got new information. We need to move. We need to go. And so the town was sold to the Owenites, right? Essentially, right, um, right. another very different attempt at utopian society. And it's actually that, that version that um, I think the town of New Harmony likes to elevate and focus on the most because it's the least bizarre. <laughs> Maybe... Uh, some values from that time still exist, like public education and um, approaches to education and uh, infrastructure and things like that. But the harmonists, we were really interested in them because they failed in a way. And we, we thought we knew how they could 
fix it. We or can go back in time. The maidens could provide them with the tools to actually be successful and have the romance that they so deeply wanted, as was reflected in their hymns and their writings and their art. Um, they were, I mean, they were, they had some really sexy songs. Um, they <laughs> were celibate. And so they were just like thinking about it all the time, I think. <laughs> so would one of you want to talk about the labyrinth in that way? Uh, I think Lisa should. And I think yeah. we also need to talk about fibers. Totally. And you did all the weaving and the dyeing oh and the spinning. I could speak to how craft is part of our work. Um, from the CAC show, we um, hand wove all the fabric that was um, in the different relaxions and upholstered the different pieces. And we also hand hooked this large rug that was a three-sided, a big triangle um, on one of the relaxions. And then in the New Harmony show, we, um, uh, because Father Rapp had this very long beard and then he had this pointy hat, but he had this amazing beard. And um, we took rope and uh, actually behind the house that we stayed and filmed, there was that rope walk. The, the town had to make all their own things and they made their own rope. And so it was this big trail where you would walk down and, and twist. Um, and so we took rope and we basically made a video screen out of it. We unwound, um, so we deconstructed rope and created um, this undulating piece that looked like a giant beard that became our video screen. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa did all that. <laughs> That was a lot of, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> it was a pretty crazy thing. Yeah, I think I, I found it in my studio. Oh. So I, we do still, in fact, have the beard. Maybe it'll reappear Ooh. somewhere. But it yeah. was specific to New Harmony. Like we made that whole body of work specifically to be in the um, contemporary art gallery there in New Harmony and have it relate to the past and... Yeah, yeah, but the giant rug is continuing to be reused. Whenever we show somewhere, we try to take it with us and we let, we roll it out. It's probably like 15 feet on a side. It's big. Mm -hmm. And it's big enough for three people to really comfortably lay on. And we, we still have these wood wedges that people lean back onto um, and they lay on the rug now to look at whatever video we've made since then. We've done podcasts and uh, made a couple of other video projects since since the New Harmony one. Um, but I also didn't want to forget about the labyrinth. Was there something that we needed to talk about? Because I think um, one of the things, well, Jenny and I did a presentation at the Society for Utopian Studies conference. Uh, they fell in love with this kind of because they didn't get many artists there. They get academics but we would show up as artists talking about the work that we made. And um, one thing that we were telling them about this new harmony thing is that their labyrinth, like they're very productive people. You know, they were very hardworking Germanic, Germanic, you know, very practical people. But here they had this labyrinth in the middle of their town. And, and who knows what that was for? 
but we decided that it was for wasting time in a way or sort of a <laughs> non-productive activity to walk through this labyrinth and that maybe they need, they needed that labyrinth as a way of relaxing a little bit from all the hard work that they would do. And that's why the maidens decided that they were going to make this video and try to throw it back through time to say, you know, here's some more relaxation for you. Maybe, maybe if you'd relaxed even more, you'd still be together today or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so then when we did that show in New Harmony, it kind of set up a pattern or a, a template kind of of how we can approach work based on a new site or a new relationship that we have with, uh, with other cities or other populations. Uh, so there was the invitation to participate in the exhibition in Louisville at the Kentucky Museum of Art and Craft called Sisters of the Moon. Yeah, and it was Sisters of the Moon yeah. Art and the Feminine Dimension. And um, we were essentially given a blank slate of space and we set out to make new work for that. We did bring the rug into play, understandably, but needed to generate a uh, new video backdrop um, and other components that would activate that space. And we wanted very much to respond to elements of Louisville. So the river was really important. We made essentially a piece about the moon and about the river. I love the approach that we took to that of um, working remotely because Lisa, you know, you had transitioned to Washington and Denise, you were on a road trip to Florida <laughs> and, and I was in Cincinnati and we needed to we needed to get work done, and so our solution to that was to highlight and actually harness the remote nature of it, and the ability of this technology, these computers that we hold in our hands, to both capture the images and the, and the moving image, uh, and the sounds, and then send away and to collaborate remotely. About, then, all about distance, right? All about <laughs> distance, and then. Um, you know, if for our first idea was let's just, you know, find out when the full moon is and mm. find a river and film on that. But that's not very easy. <laughs> uh, so we decided, well, hey, we're the maidens. This is about fantasy. Let's fake it. So we decided to start filming anything round that we could <laughs> find and anything linear, vertically linear that we could find. And then I would collage those things together into a video that shows a round thing on top of a vertical thing to indicate this idea of the moon shining on a nighttime river. And that became really fun. Like I was holding hotel room soaps up in Florida over the sink as the water would run. Um, I was filming holy water and cathedrals that we were visiting. Um, I actually went to Moon River in Georgia. There's a river called Moon River because the writer of the song is from Georgia, from Savannah. So I went and filmed on Moon River there for a minute. But anything we could find, you know, that was round and anything that was vertical, like I even filmed driving down the road and pointing the camera up so that you see the nighttime trees and the sky and that line became like a river. So, and then we, I cropped the video into a circular format and used um, breakups of the video to almost indicate the phases of the moon. Like sometimes you would see it broken up 
in different proportions. So it became this really pretty impressionistic video where you again, you just gaze at this moon-like thing. Moon-like was key, the mm-hmm. artificial, the fantasy of it, and imagine the moon. So you're, you're even creating more distance from the thing. Because at the first, our point was, we, we actually started at the beginning filming in hand-planted forests, not natural forests. We wanted to film in artificial forests. So we would go up to Michigan where you could see the, the pines planted in rows because that, that artifice was really romantic. It added more romance. So, you know, the idea of making these artificial things um, and also exploiting just the physicality of video because Jenny made another piece for the Moon, Moon River show that reflected the light from the video screen onto these tiny little mirrors that then cast that light all around the room like a disco ball would. And then we used also some, for some reason, God, I don't know why I, I, I got on the song by flock of seagulls uh, <laughs> and I ran, um, we were on the road in Florida, my husband and I, and the, the song came on the radio and the lyrics were fitting. It was like, you know, a beam of light comes shining down on you. Aurora Borealis comes into view. Um, and I was like, oh my God, we got to use that song now. Like we used the Donna Summer song before. So we once again created this set of instructions that um, we recorded. And so you would, you would lay on the rug, watch the moon, you'd have headphones on and you'd hear these instructions in the headphones. So that's, I mean, that's our most recent work. Um, It's been shown in a couple of locations now. It actually was shown in Lexington at the uh, Lexington Art League um, in, a, in a different version, essentially the same components, but rearranged to fit this specific room. Um, it had a completely different feel than it did in Louisville. But that, that brings us up to now. I, of course, you know, we, we have presented this work at a couple of different conferences. And uh, in New Harmony, we gave a lecture. I thought that was really well-received. It was fun, fun to talk about the work kind of when it was fresh. But kind of characteristic of how we work we we go dormant for a while um we do share um with each other what we're working on from time to time but then it's really opportunity based or uh, just when when a good invitation comes along that we want to that we want to participate in then we start again and we respond it's all about how do we sort of apply this this approach that we have to whatever site or um, location that we that we're invited to go. One of the most peculiar parts about presenting this work to other people has been in the context of the Society for Utopian Studies conferences, because we, for the first time, actually no no no, for twice we've we've read papers that we've written alongside other very like very deeply researched and thoughtfully written arguments about different things that are deadly serious and um, solemn, right? And then in that single panel, we'll, we'll hear from scholars on certain topics. And then we present our artistic project, which is valid and worthy of discussion. But there's an irreverence to it that has to be very carefully presented in that context because what we don't ever wish to do is 
suggest that what someone has built an entire career around studying is meant to be laughed at, even though we're laughing at the subject matter and thinking about the humor in it and the, the strangeness of these topics. We don't ever want to suggest that it's not serious um, when looked at from another point of view.